think the problem are, is just the flippers, the people who, I mean, it just, it's mind boggling that people think that, you know, you have 10 minutes to buy this NFT on the site and uh, people buy one or multiples and think they're going to sell for 2x two minutes later like it just who in the right mind thinks that way and yeah there might be like three or four <laughs> dudes out there who like had a business meeting right and like they missed the drop they're like okay whatever i'll pay up for like the piece i really want to collect it but when you have a thousand men yeah just like i it's it's alchemy and as we know alchemy does not really exist same thing like oh yeah the, the drop closes and people are listening for 2x and it's not even like the first like mint it's like mint number 182 out of like 350 like and then people are like oh my god this artists suck like why did my piece go down why did my piece go down why could why couldn't i flip it why did it go down why are you not burning it <laughs> the boys got phds when it comes to talking about nfts and that's nifty that's nifty All the great artists They come to this place To talk about The crypto space And that's nifty That's nifty That's nifty Your hosts for tonight's podcast Are Tyler, Larry, and Slime Sunday Damn, that's nifty Sergito, how's it going, hey. man? How are you? Doing well. How about yourself? I'm good. Happy Monday. Happy Monday, man. You got a birthday coming up, right? <laughs> I think I've showed my birthday so <laughs> hard. <laughs> it's it's on Fuckrender first day, so it's yeah. Easy to remember. That's right. That's right. But you know what? Growing up, my mom made such a big deal of birthdays, and then you know I became an adult, and it's like half adults like don't really care about birthdays that much. So it's just been funny yeah what's up larry what's up guys what's going on hey man nice to meet you likewise oh, we'll uh, see if maple roost hops on too <laughs> he was pretty pumped about it yeah 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 i'm i'm glad he uh jumped in on the faces dal that's awesome you guys made that up yeah it was like very spur of the moment being on the discord chat and, you know like weird things happen all the time Dude, every everything is spur of the moment now it really is and you know what it's costed me a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> it's all like oh it's for the moment like i made a shit ton of it i was like oh it's for the moment and a week later like Fuck. yeah yeah Just holding man. it now yeah oh well exactly nice man i was gonna say i saw you had a baby yourself so uh, no maybe, you got a maybe baby a punk, maybe a punk baby yeah exactly. yeah i got one of those i got a couple <laughs> punks i bought a couple new punks i got a puppy but definitely yep. not not human babies that's like i i don't know how people do it but it's crazy the puppy is Nike. Nike, yeah. Yeah, saw that yeah. too. Man, it's crazy yeah, how we just keep up with everybody and we're like never actually met anyone. <laughs> Seriously, man. Like I went to what was a brunch with this kid Morocho from the chat. And uh yeah, we like showed up, we started like talking like we had been friends for months, and it was just like from Discord. Um, and then I went to brunch also with Jason, one of the Nifty Gateway moderators. Uh, in Pittsburgh, and same thing. It was like we're there for an hour just chatting, like we had known each other for ever. That's good, I guess. Yeah. Well, for all those Discord and Twitter people out there that don't know your background, you want to give them a little bit of like how you jumped into the NFT world? Sure. So I work in traditional finance, and you know, I try to always stay abreast of what's happening with just the world. 
And obviously crypto has taken yet again, uh, kind of like the interest of the world um, after the you know, bubble and crash back in 2007, kind of like largely gone away. But um, with everybody sitting at home last year, it really kind of caught people's attentions. And so I you know, started paying more and more attention, started buying some Ethereum, some Bitcoin. And then I guess you just fall into NFTs at some point. Um, the more you start following people from crypto and Twitter, the more you start seeing it. And it was the weekend of Valentine's that I was sitting at my computer and I saw the CryptoPunks. I had read that one of the aliens had sold for like a couple hundred thousand dollars in January. And so, you know, I kind of jumped to Discord and again, impromptu bought a punk, bought a floor punk, um, for which was a lot of money at the time for me, again, I mean, buying a JPEG, uh, was, uh, six ETH. And it was around 10K at the time. And then it was just kind of like a rabbit hole. And here we are. That punk turned out well. I think floor punks are now, what, 40, 50K? Yeah, floor punk is now 51K, I think. God, it's outpacing Bitcoin almost. It's getting there. What's up, guys? Mark. Got hey, Naples Roost up, on. What's going on? You guys hear me? We can, yeah. Joe, nice to meet you. Hey, likewise, man. What hey, I we, were, we, were just, we were just getting Serge's background, uh, how he got into NFTs and kind of just stumbled on it through, you know, being in finance, going to crypto, and then naturally finding NFTs. I think it's similar to my story, except it kind of, I think I got into NFTs first. And then I was like, oh, I definitely need to be investing in these different cryptocurrencies and stuff, which is weird. I've always known about them, but never really dabbled in it. Kind of like I was more of a conservative uh, investment person. And now I just found out this was like a way cooler way to invest my money. So it's kind of how I jumped in. Yeah, you've seen it with, with the people in like the Nifty Gateway ecosystem. A lot of them have no real crypto background. And so it's been a good on-ramp uh, onto the blockchain. So, that's, I mean, I like, I like that aspect of it. Um, obviously, you know, maybe we'll touch to the speculation and all that other stuff later. But uh, definitely on, like, you know, adding people to the blockchain through NFTs has been a, quite the positive development. Definitely. Yeah, they almost serve as like a springboard. Because I started doing, well, when I first started, I had to, I bought ETH to buy NFTs, like on Super and stuff. So I had to learn about it just by, you know, trial by fire almost. And um, I think a lot of people are doing that. But I mean, dude, I just wanted to commend you for for uh, how uh, active you are in the community and putting word out there um, and, 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 and being a voice, I guess, for, for folks like us, right? I think we're we're all kind of in the same boat, but um, I think there had to be a little bit of a push And these weekly nifty meetings are fucking sweet. man. like, like, I think that's like holding a level of accountability is important. And I just wanted to commend you for doing that a ton of respect for it. Thanks, man. I mean, you know, I'm, I think I'm a little older than the average nifty user. So I'm just happy to kind of provide a bit of experience and, and, and help the community grow. I think that you know they will want to see it grow and there's obviously some things got a little out of control so you know i have no problem with speaking my mind and you know putting putting stuff out there and it, it worked i mean it took a little longer than i expected but it worked so i'm just happy to see the co-founders kind of jumping on and really listening to the collectors and and i think you know i think we're, things are gonna really improve we just gotta give them some time yeah, and I mean, I I do got to give them some credit too because their their response time is usually pretty good. I remember at the beginning, I had a question because one of my NFTs wasn't getting minted fast enough. I was like, this is going to take multiple days now. 
so I emailed like Griffin and he got back and, and I think they they're showing a little bit of a track record now of at least having a good response turnaround and you know those weekly meetings I think are going to be important and that's good stuff they're going to keep growing let's hope because we're all like depending on it at this point that they do well um yeah that portfolio has really grown at least on my side <laughs> it's uh oh, yeah. We'd almost put you in the large collector group at this point. I mean, we're in like the 30 range, 30 to 40 and hundred. I, I would put a hundred. You're a pretty big collector now. I have a hundred. And I think with my wife's account, who just jumped in, uh, you know, over the last week or so, then we have 125 on Nifty and then uh, just stuff on OpenSea, maybe another 15 or 20. And then we just picked up a punk for her um, earlier and then just another punk because that's you know guess what you do do you want to talk about those baby punks because i keep seeing that baby punks i mean you know it's like every other like punk derivative project not really big into those i think if you're going to bring something into the nft space let's let's make it creative um and, and they call it like homage projects but you could just see right through a lot of them um i got one at the like kind of like the end of the nifty club kind of like bull run that where everybody started getting one because they saw the value for the community right it's yeah like floor punks are 28th so not a lot of people can can afford to buy one but the baby punks um they really built a good community so it wasn't just like hey let's buy this and hope to flip it for like half a need in a couple of weeks it was like people started really identifying with I'm part of something bigger. And it goes along the same lines we're talking about, you know, Nifty Gateway being a good on-ramp onto the blockchain for, for folks. Uh, crypto baby punks uh, have, I think, given people a little bit more um, certainty when they go out to OpenSea. Um, I've seen them like start to browse around Rarible and just like uh, Hint and Hunk or whatever that website is where you can buy on, on the Tesos blockchain. So that's why I chose to like get one as well, kind of support the crew um, and, and really motivate people to maybe step outside the comfort zone and, and explore the rest of the ecosystem, which is obviously a lot of fun as well. Well, I kept seeing the hen stuff get shared today and I, I don't know what is going on. I, I can't follow all that. I don't need another platform, but maybe you can expand on that. Yeah. I mean, I actually haven't done my, uh, anything myself. I've, I've seen it and heard from other people. I think within NFTs and crypto and just life overall, right? You have to pick your lanes and stay within them. Um, you got to really like try to at least understand what you're doing. And, and if you try to like, you know, kind of like bite a lot off, you're probably not going to do well. So that's why I chose to kind of like focus myself on Nifty Gateway. Um, but yeah, I mean, it looks like Tesla's blockchain yeah, has a little bit lower transaction costs and a lot of artists are putting really good work there for a lot cheaper, like USD comparable prices. Um, and, and if it brings in more collectors into NFTs, uh, and if it brings more artists into the spotlight, then yeah, by all means. Actually, I think I saw Justra nail like a Blake Catherine off of that platform. So like there's definitely some names over there. Yeah. So Yuram Iran, who is one of the OG crypto artists, actually had a drop that was free yesterday or two days before. Um, so there's definitely a lot of like hidden gems. And from what I hear, like it's tough to navigate the site. So it's kind of like a scavenger hunt and you know what you're doing, but I have seen people in the, in the chats kind of like discuss like, Oh, I'm looking at my transactions. Did it fail? Did it go through? Um, so it continues to push people to understand blockchain a little better. Let's face it. We're spoiled with like regular internet where you click something and 
you know, even with real life, like I click a button and I get bottles of tequila delivered my door 15 minutes later, right? Like yeah. there is literally no friction at all. And, and the blockchain is still in that kind of place where you still got to tinker with it and, you know, know what you're doing and kind of like read things and maybe even learn to code. So if, if platforms like Hand um, allow people to, to feel more comfortable and confident on, to jump in on blockchain pro, uh, projects, then I think they're great. I ran into that with an I, art, art guitar that I purchased, but it was on like the Matic, like uh, Polygon network. And I had to like right. transfer ETH over and do some weird stuff. And they, uh, I think they clogged everything up on the release day and it kind of got backed up and people went crazy, but it's like, you know, these things happen, you know, it's going to take some time to get it work. I think the one of the first projects on Polygon, so growing pains. Yeah, no, it, it's great. It's great. I think, you know, we're still so early. And it doesn't mean that everything you buy today is only worth a million dollars. I think people confuse the whole being early with like, okay, I'm just going to hoard everything. And like, you know, I do, I do think you know, most things probably not be worth a lot down the line, but the experience and, and being able to know what you're doing um, when we all you know, move the world onto the blockchain, then I think that's what really is valuable with kind of playing around with just NFTs for now. Yeah. And people are going to be, playing around with them uh in different ways like uh, like you i guess let me ask you like this what was your reaction when your secret told you he found the pressure stone and how pumped were you it was so just a little background uh the pressure stone was a reward mechanism for fuck render soul stone and spirit spirit stone holders uh fuck render has his own universe called the fuck render verse and it's kind of like space themed. And so if you hold, if you held both the spirit stone and the, the soul stone leading into that day, you could go and, and find one of 10 pressure stones. Um, unfortunately, I was on the road that day. I went to uh, Cincinnati to pick up my puppy. So I had to recruit a seeker. Which... It was delayed too. So I'm assuming you were ready to go. What's that? Uh, at the it was delayed too, wasn't it? Because I'm yeah, so it was supposed to, to be a Thursday night and it happened on a Sunday instead because there were some yep. technical issues with people using Apple computers. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I had to like recruit somebody. And, and the funny thing <laughs> is that it actually turned out to be a woman. And I didn't know that until afterwards. And it's, I think it's great because, you know, one, one of the things I really like about crypto and NFTs is that People don't really care who you are as far as like, you know, your physical appearance, your skin color, your background, where you went to school. It's about what you bring to the table, what you bring to the community, what kind of value you can really uh, add. So, you know, there's obviously not a lot of female representation in the space. And I was very happy to find out that my seeker was actually a, a female artist uh, who's really good at video games. And so, yeah, I pulled over on the side of the road. I think we're in West Virginia at the time. And there was like semis buzzing by. I wasn't driving. My my best friend who came with me was. But I was like, dude, I can't have... The, the puppy was like all over me. And I was like, I can't have you drive and me just watch this. And we got to pull over. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, we were... Well, she was the third one to find it. And I was, I was pretty stoked. I was... Uh, I, I yelled out and then the puppy cried. And so... Uh, <laughs> You needed a gamer above all. That was amazing. Yeah, no, it's actually it was actually pretty pretty lucky for me because I, I don't really game. Um, I mean, I have a PlayStation. I guess like you know most people do, but it's just never been my thing. I used to play like FIFA and Madden, uh, but never like 
on on a PC, I've never like I was like asking what's the WASD thing like, and they were like, okay, well, W is for walking. I'm like, oh shit, can I just use the remote? Yeah, but so I got lucky yeah. that I was actually on the road that on the road that day, and uh, she was able to find it for me. That's awesome. That's the type of stuff that uh, you, you you love to see from like an innovation standpoint or award standpoint, challenge standpoint. I was I was uh, I was I was talking to to Ryan a little bit. Uh, trying to maybe coordinate how to <laughs> combine our stones to go in and in first search, but neither of us could could get there. So I was impressed, and I was actually pretty pumped to see you got it. So congrats! Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, same. I yeah. was uh, I was pretty happy too. My wife texted me like later on. She's like, "Do we get it? Do we get the stone?" Because uh, she saw me stay up to like three in the morning on that Thursday, and she was like, "Well, did you get it?" And I'm like, "No, it got it got postponed." And she was like, "I." <laughs> um it's been so it's funny because i read on twitter like some article about like some like you know fun about crypto people having relationship issues because all they do is crypto <laughs> uh i saw it on twitter. It was all over twitter uh this weekend i was like what the heck like my wife and i you know we just uh kind of like i mean we're newlyweds in a way like a year and a half but like a year of that it's covid so it doesn't really count um and and even though we're like you know kind of like newlyweds but this crypto thing has really brought us even closer together um she i didn't know this but she was day trading crypto and so i told her i was just buy ethereum buy bitcoin and leave it there and then the other day i wanted to make a purchase and uh my eth was locked up until the weekend on coinbase because i didn't have a new york state id so they won't you know let you like transfer crypto you can only buy or sell for fiat and so she was like my on-ramp and I was like, Hey, I need some ETH. She's like, well, we don't have any. And I'm like, I mean, we should have like some. And she's like, she's like, no, no, no. I, 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 I sold it for USDC because you know, and I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, yeah, I've been trading it. And I'm like, what? Uh, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. So it's been, uh, it's been quite the, it's quite, quite the journey together. So now we're building her little NFT portfolio as well. And uh, we lost uh, an auction to 888 the other day. And I didn't even know she was paying attention. I was bidding on my computer and I just got a text from her and she's like, damn, 888, always <sighs> bidding everybody. <laughs> I saw you in there. What was it? I, uh, it's good to see you poking around those options. Yeah, sometimes, you know, you try, there's some, some good deals to be had. People like, you know, there's so much stuff going on. And you, you hope that one of the whales won't show up. Uh, but they always manage to show up. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. still I still yet to win an auction. I um, So, you know, Latch, the guy who composes the beats for most of my dog jumps work he had a beat on foundation and so you know i kind of put a bit so a beat and i put a beat on it uh the accent gets in the way and i was out for brunch and i got the email you've been outbid and i'm like okay well i'm just gonna you know bid from my phone and i bid on it and i couldn't bid on it again because it was like you know you can't do it on the mobile and going back to like how spoiled we are we're regular you know web 2.0 so I said, you know, uh, you know what? I can't, I can't lose this. I jumped on a city bike. I left my wife and her friends at brunch and I went home and uh, I'm here trying to win it. And obviously, you know, it kind of, I was happy for Latch because it really like, it really took off. I, it went out of, of, of my range. Um, but same thing, my wife was like, did you at least win it? And I'm like, no. And she's like, damn it. Um, so yeah, we've yet to win an auction. We're looking forward to the day when that happens um but it hasn't it hasn't happened yet nevin nevin won one the other day you see that the yeah Lush he Sox. won the lost sucks yeah he beat griffin cockfoster i'm pretty sure so yeah apparently he's a whale 
apparently everybody, you know what? Everybody has their credit card limits and then just maximize them as much as you can. No, actually that's not financial advice. Do not do that. That's why you get people selling stuff for like, you know, 50% loss a week later. Exactly. Yeah, that's definitely not healthy. We can definitely parlay this into a secondary market conversation. Is credit card purchasing bad for, you know, a certain sector of collectors? Because, I mean, we are seeing a, a pullback now of people that maybe were in the sneakerhead mindset of, I'm just going to go in for a quick flip like you could in maybe February, you know, that could have worked out for you. But with the market down like it is now, you're seeing a lot of people stuck with opens, you know, holding the bag and they can't afford their credit card bills. Right. No, I mean, I think, you know, it's obviously not positive. Um, so for example, I put all my purchases on credit card the first month and I did that for a reason. It was my way to buy crypto with credit card. And I knew, I, you know, I knew how much I could spend and I knew that I had uh, you know, the money to, to clean it up after the, after the month was over. Um, so I did that with that reason, but I know people that extend themselves. And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's art. It's obviously has a very, very wide bid offer, right? You have the 15% of fees. 10% going to the artist, 5% going to the site. Um, so it's not easy to make money on these things. It's, they're not really trading vehicles. I mean, if anybody wants to trade, they should just stick to like coins or stocks or whatever. Um, but, you know, a lot of people came in when we had the huge rally leading to the people auction and they thought, hey, I can make a ton of money and you, you make a couple flips and, and then you start trading paper gains in your head and you see something that you can pay $2,000 for, go for 10,000, but you don't sell it. Instead, you say, okay, I have $8,000 that I'm going to be able to get from this. So you buy more and then they like over lever themselves and that credit card bill comes in and yeah, there's, you know, there's no bids and good luck. So yeah, I don't think it's very, very positive. Having said that, I do think that using fiat, again, going to the conversation about being an on-ramp allows people to, to enter the space. Whereas otherwise, as we all know, going to Coinbase or Gemini, buying ETH, waiting for it to clear, waiting for it to like where you can send it and deal with, you know, gas is low now, but back then it wasn't sending it over and having no idea where it went. Uh, It's still a barrier to entry. So I think as long as people use credit cards the smart way or like, you know, buy them until you get points, but know how much you can spend, then it's definitely uh, negative for those who over lever themselves. Definitely a lot harder to sell things than I thought it would be. Can't just list it at the floor and expect it to sell within a day. It's it could take weeks, and then someone's going to un- undercut you. It's just a matter of time. So you got to be smart and just expect not to be able to sell it. Yeah, it's FOMO in and also FOMO out. Like it, it works the same way on the on the way out, and people get desperate, and and you can't rely on others to like be chill and just wait for buyers to come in. And, and you know, and you do see some prints that are just insane. And also combined with the fact that we did have a bubble back in March where things were going for way too much money. So it's just kind of like double whammy of, of you know, both things cooling down. And, and yeah, a lot of, like you said, a lot of like flippers are hopefully going to be gone. Um, and you've seen it recently with very low mint numbers on OEs. Uh, even drawings that don't sell out. That's good. That's good. That's healthy for the ecosystem, I think. And, you know, if you're a true collector of certain artists, you'll be there at drop time and, and get what you want. And if you miss it, you know, pick it up of secondary and, and kind of keep it healthy. Uh, but I don't think we'll get back to the days where things like Forex in two weeks, it's just, it's just not healthy. And I don't think it's, it's possible again. It probably is impossible again. I'm like, I'm ex- the, the prime example of, 
legitimately what you shouldn't do. I like I've sold. A, I was the first to sell one of people's into the ether, thinking, uh, okay, I'll pocket some quick cash. Sold it for three grand, a couple grand. I was pumped. And I mean, dude, like, it, there's a there's a lot more context that I think people need to find, and it takes time to search for it. So instead of just diving in, you know, FOMOing into it and buying whatever. Uh, understanding what you're buying is important. And I think that's getting lost a little bit right now, but it can be saved. These artists are going to be having to promote themselves or their own thing. So I guess we'll yeah. see how it goes. And I think, you know, buying what you like will always be better that's than it. just buying what you think is going to go up. And honestly, like there's been pieces that I already like wrote off to zero and I'll probably donate them in December for like the tax uh, loss. But it's pieces where I was like, okay, you know, everybody gets caught up in the FOMO. Everybody gets caught up in the FOMO. You're like, okay, I'm going to buy this because everybody's buying it and going up. And then you're like, you don't even like it. Uh, and there's pieces that I, you know, I bought at the peak because I felt pretty confident in the artist and everything and they're limited and whatever you want. And it's pieces that are like, you, I lose, you know, 5, 10K if I were to sell them today. But you know what? I'm not selling them. I'm like happily displaying them at home and I'll just hold them you know, for forever, hopefully, or for a while at least. Obviously, if they go ballistic again, yeah, you take, you know, you take yeah. some money off the table. But what I see is a lot of people, you know, buying pieces and then just, you know, they don't even, like, some people don't even click into the NFTs to, like, hear the whole, watch it. They just use it as, like, a stocks. And it's not, yeah. it's not that. Like, at the end of the day, it's not that. Can you make money? Yes. Should it be your main rationale? No, you will probably end up losing money. Yeah, buy what you like is the, that's the mantra. And perfect way to put it. I have no idea what you're doing with Mad Pups. I have no idea what you were doing with Faces with Naple. Um, so Naple, I was hoping to kind of get some <laughs> some info from you guys about how you put that collective together for uh, <laughs> burning all the slimes faces. My my version of the story is short, and then I'll let you take it from there. But I was just having some drinks with some friends on that night, and I just happened to pull it up while when I was bored. And you guys just happened to be talking about it at that moment. And I was like, wait, uh, do I have time still? And I think there were only like seven guys so far. And then Nevin invited me to the Discord. And next thing I knew, I sent you a faces. And <laughs> and I hope we win. I don't know when it's going to happen. I hope we win too, man. We're all waiting we, to hear. We need it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, take a step back. I, I, again, just kind of following crypto people on Twitter and just checking what other folks are doing around NFTs, I realized that DAOs are really starting to, to pop up, right? And the famous ones are like Flamingo DAO, like some big investors pulling money together, which is, you know, at the end of the day, and I've said it before, like NFTs and just technology overall kind of enhance human nature and NFTs are just tokenized tribalism. So you kind of bond together with the people that, that you like, you find your tribe. In this case, you know, one of our Nifty Chats um, faces, obviously being one of the big community NFTs on Nifty Gateway with Blau and, and Slime. And so, yeah, there was a burn mechanism for trying to get one of their one-on-one pieces that they're going to do a drawing for. And we decided to combine forces and put in, you know, 26 uh, NFTs and kind of like as an organization and increase our odds of winning that on a personal level. Obviously, you know, if, if the Faces DAO wins the 101, then our personal reward when we sell it will be lower than if you individually want it, but we increase our odds. So we all like 
that approach better. And, and it's what others are doing in the space because it makes sense, as we said, you know, you can't just be watching every single thing, every single minute. Crypto, NFTs, they move so fast. Um, so you group together and kind of find people that do things better and, and, and just take advantage of synergies. Um, and uh, Matt Pops was my original kind of like mini DAO. It's only four of us, but uh, Matt Doug Jones for his crash and burn drop has this mechanic where if you took five of his old pieces from ideas are the currency or thought as a system, you could burn them and redeem uh, one of seven one-on-ones. Um, I didn't have any of those pieces. Uh, actually was the first one to buy one right after the announcement. I still had no idea what I was doing. Uh, and it was the like my, was my biggest purchase yet, but I just, I just bought one um, and then Sven from you know, the Discord reached out. He's like, hey man, there's a couple of us that are trying to pull together our pieces um, because the pieces, I mean, they were usually what, like 600 bucks when they dropped and by that time they were $10,000. So none of us could afford to really buy um, four more. And so we put together a redemption as a group we called ourselves the Mad Pops. Actually, Scythe, uh, one of the members has you know, two shares of the five, um, but we all get an equal vote. You got one of mine. I gave him one of mine. I traded. I, so he, that's where the connection is. I'm glad I got a piece of it. Uh, I had no idea that was happening. So at least I got a little fingerprint on that. Yeah. Realizing where it is makes me feel better. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. So we got uh, overpass night with Matt Doug. Uh, Matt Doug Jones said was his favorite piece out of the crash and burn or one of the most emotional connection for him. And, um, yeah, it's just sitting there in a Nifty Gateway account at the Mad Pop, uh, the Mad Pops. Yeah, nice. I'll go check it out. So yours got burnt, Larry? I I think so. So you if, gave it if to he it. had two of them. Yeah, Scythe though. Scythe had at least three. Um, yeah. He put two into the pups, but I know he has another one um, in his uh, collection. Maybe, maybe he's still out there. There's a lot of like. OG and uh, Nifty Gateway collectors that have really, really deep portfolios. Um, and, you know, maybe they're not as active um, on the chats or as vocal on Twitter or whatever, but I mean, some people out there that have millions of dollars worth of Nifty Gateway collections and um, they're sitting like hardware wallets or just different different wallets within Nifty Gateway to kind of like not draw attention, but for sure there's people out there that got Really lucky to be early and um, and didn't get paper hands with people at four thousand dollars. <laughs> it was the most paper hands right here. These are, <laughs> these are paper. Two thousand. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm green, so be quiet. Hey, profit um, is profit, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's fun, man. I actually was scrolling through the into the ethers today till I got to your page, which was I think it's page seventeen, and I saw. Illustrator bought from Tinobs. Yeah, so I know where it is. <laughs> That's also an estate. It's space. funny for me to look at every now and then. It's in good yeah. hands. With he's, him. Yeah, he said he's like I think he I think he gave it to his dad. So I know where that is, and we're all green. <laughs> um, I still can't remember what I was going to ask. I'm looking at this people drop. I have it up right now uh, for this week, and I'm curious to what the questions are going to be and requirements to enter these drawings. Some people think it's just the one. He said this one is different, and he posted the picture of that one. Oh, so I some, some people think that the whole thing. It could be. I really hope uh, one of the pieces 
it's uh, it's only for people collectors. So that'll be a good mm -hmm. way to reward them. Um, and then probably he'll do this, the $1 drawings because that's kind of like his thing. Oh, I that? remember what I was going to ask. It was um, along the lines of like those projects. Are, are you looking at any projects that have that like interconnectivity, you know, from drop to drop and, you know, utilizing some of these new mechanics that they're installing? Yeah, I, I really like obviously uh, Fuck Render and what he's done. Um, I think he's really invested into the project. When I look at artists and obviously I didn't know who any of these artists were before February, right? Uh, I will be lying if I said I did. Um, a lot of them I had seen their work, uh, but never realized who they were. And so the more research that I do, the more I get to know them, right? A lot of them are really just dudes like us who happen to make sick art. Um, the more I realize those that are invested in space are, are the ones that I wanna support and collect, uh, which go hand in hand at the end of the day. So yeah, the Falcon Reverse is really, really dope. I like what he's doing. I think you know he will probably start integrating some other artists within his network. Um, into it, so that's super exciting. I know there's other creators that um, have not really seen the potential, but are really starting to open their their eyes to it. And so I want to see how people how people react to to this new movement of, you know, people think rewards are just like burns or whatever, which I don't think burns are like burns for the sake of trying to save a piece's value because it's down eighty percent. It's just temporary and it's it's not not really what you want to do, but you know, like tonight's drop, um, something about if you hold five of them, um, you'll unlock something in the future. So kind of having that like kind of optionality and mysteriousness about it, uh, utility um, into a platform or whatever it might be. Um, I think it's, it's going to be very relevant. And I hope that for example, musicians who've done so badly with um, their secondary market, I think they're the ones that have the biggest opportunity to turn NFTs into like a real life thing because obviously we have these shows, concerts, uh, all this stuff. And we have seen that, you know, one of the couple of the one-on-one auctions, uh, they're like, okay, well then you get kind of like passes to any of our concerts for the rest of your life. Yeah, that's cool to the guy that's paying, you know, $57,000 for an NFT, you know, probably could afford to go to every single concert that he or she wanted anyways. Um, but I want to see kind of like musicians that are like, hey, you know what, if you hold our NFT, next time you come to the festival, you know, it can be just things that are not really like expensive to do. Like we'll, we'll put up your names on stage. People go crazy for that, right? Like being at like Tomorrowland and like, okay, like NFT collectors and then just seeing like your username up on stage. People care about that or just merch, um, things like those. Um, I think hopefully, hopefully the, uh, a lot of these creators start incorporating more of that. They're going to have to, right, if they want to have a healthy secondary. Because, like, open editions are pretty dead. There's nothing coming back. I, that, I, that'll be beneficial. I mean. I, yeah, I think I think anything that people bought in, like, the second week of March through a week or two ago, that's just gone, right? Like, there's nothing that's going to make it come back. Um, especially the stuff that's down, like, 75 80%. I mean, there's absolutely no way that's coming back. So people have to just come to grips with it. Right? Like you ate into a bubble and now you live with the consequences. That's it. Um, and I started to see kind of like the conversation change in the chats where people were, you know, first feeling entitled to some kind of reward. Like, what are you going to do for me? Like, I gave you money. What are you going to do for me? Well, dude, well, you should, you know, kind of like done your research before. Um, and then kind of more like acceptance, like, okay. And, and, and yeah, that washes out a lot of flippers. 
but also there's good people that got caught up in it. Like I think, you know, all of us completely overpaid for some pieces. Um, and again, that gives opportunity for the creators to, to really incorporate things to do, but in their future drops. Again, I don't think that you can really take stuff from early March and do anything that will bring it back to, to their original values. Um, and, and that also is healthy because, you know, you couldn't just have that kind of growth uh, week after week after week. That's just not the way art should really work. You're still in the price discovery phase for a lot of this stuff, you think? Yeah, hundred percent. Right. Like, I mean, and, and you'll be surprised that people that don't even like do the math of like, let's say just easy, like what the market cap of something is, right? Like if you have, you know, 2000 pieces trading at 2,500 bucks and you really need people to like, you know, you need another 2000 people to come in and want to pay. What is that? 27. Yeah. So 2,500 times 1.15, just for you to break even if you're trying to sell it. Um, and that's just not really what's out there. And you were seeing it, like we're seeing a lot of activity on the site, a lot of sales recently. And actually Griffin was mentioning earlier today that they had a really low, a really high volume this morning on the site. But you see the average ticket is probably like 150, 200 bucks. Whereas a month ago, couldn't get anything under $1,000, $1,500. So yeah, I mean, sadly, I think we're gonna have to come to terms with a lot of that because never coming back. But again, that's what we're trying to get every pillar in the ecosystem platform creators and collectors aligned so that we can build um, a healthier NFT market together into the future. I have a concern about some of the older pieces from even well-known well artists that kind of just completely drowned out from this past month or two. There's some big names and big pieces of art that if I didn't look up the artist and scroll down to their first drop, I would have never known about it. I think they need to find a way to highlight some of the older good stuff that the newcomers will never see if they don't specifically search for it. Yeah. But also like if you own something and you like it, like who cares if the newcomers never find it right? Like if you're, if your concern is to resell it, then yeah. And I think that's why you also get people that list the same piece like five times in two minutes to get into the activity feed. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like, what's the balance, right? Like you're trying to incentivize people to come in and flip or you're trying to incentivize people to come in and collect. Um, I do agree the marketplace needs a lot of user inter interface updates. I think Griffin and Duncan have both mentioned that multiple times over the course of the two clubhouses that we've done over the last uh, week. And, you know, they'll get to it. But the issue really isn't just kind of like aligning expectations of people buying something and expecting it to moon. Um, you know, it's not really, not really the way things are or will be anymore. Um, but hey, I mean, at least it's not shit coins. Uh, we get like super cool art to go with the tokens. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that you can do with it. Actually, so my birthday is coming up, as you guys mentioned at the beginning on Wednesday. And my wife gave me a digital frame as part of like, my birthday present and you know it's, it's oh, yeah. i mean it's kind of like you know very small and probably doesn't have the best definition so that just to me tells me that again we're super early and like that's a whole you know new industry that's going to come up and how do you display your nfts like i have my CryptoPunk and my apple watch that's what i use for like the watch face um there's just so much so much is going to come out of it. And, and you know, that, that's where I really think the opportunity, people that want to profit, uh, the opportunity isn't just kind of like trying to build around the ecosystem 
and, and, and really monetize the fact that we're all so early. What, um, what was the first NFT that you bought? So my first NFT was actually um, Anna, whatever her last name is, the one that paints in 3D. Yeah, yeah. the Ethereum that piece. That's wild. Yeah, it was wild and I thought it was great. I was like, hey, you get the performance plus the art in it. And she also likes to dress in nice clothes, to put it one way. Uh, <laughs> and I bought it and I just left it there. I did, again, it was like, oh, I don't know how to display it or whatever, so I'll just leave it there. And I never did anything else until I found the punks. And then I went, when, you know, when shopping, uh, when I got my punk and I found myself on Nifty Gateway again, I was like, okay. And then I found the channel and, and everybody was pumping everything. And it was just interesting. It was a very different world. And, you know, people talk about it like in the old days, and it's just like February, which is what, like two months ago. Uh, but really like a lot, as you all know, a lot, a lot has happened and changed in the last two months. And so it does feel like in the old days. And, you know, there was like the first two or three weeks on Nifty Gateway for me. I, I don't think I got more than three hours of sleep that each night. It was just so exhilarating. Yeah, so exhilarating, so much fun. You know, after like, what, a year of, of being under this COVID world, like making new friends, just talking to new people, exchanging ideas. That was kind of the respite that that I personally needed. And I, and I feel like, you know, part of the community also just thrives in the fact that we can just sit here in our computers and like, you know, maybe I'm not even wearing underwear right now. Like who knows, but I'm being an acceptable member of this society. Uh, and so that's been just really, really good um, experiencing that from the comforts of your home where like, you know, you go outside. Well, back then the weather was terrible. Now the weather's nice, but uh, you know, you can't really go near anybody. You can't do anything. You can't hang with friends. Um, so I think that also helped kind of like the space find that little spark. Yeah. And a lot of blind trust. So that's, a uh, lot of blind trust. I have sent people thousands of dollars uh, over blockchain and Venmo uh, yep. just on trusting them on their username. Yeah, I, you. I sent you Venmo. You, yeah. Gas money. Um, one of my who is uh, fast becoming mentors in the space, uh, his name is Tony Herrera. He uh, so he wanted a punk for for my wife, but again, like I said, my my ETH was locked in in Coinbase. Um, but it was really really nice punk, and she wanted it, so he did us a favor of like just holding it in escrow for us, right? And it's like, I mean, we just met last month, and we've been talking, you know, a lot, and, and really teaching me the ropes and the whole crypto space. But he just, you know took down a punk and held it for us uh, running that risk that, you know, maybe punks crash tomorrow and he's in the hook for like, you know, whatever amount of money. And, and yeah, I've also sent. So when I bought one of Slang's pieces, uh, Mona Sativa, I paid the absolute top, but again, one of those pieces that I'm never going to sell. So whatever, it can go to $2,000 tomorrow. We'll be fine. Um, but yeah, to get that piece, I had to ask my sister in Mexico to send my friend in Florida Bitcoin. And then he had to turn the Bitcoin into Ethereum on some kind of bridge, use that to buy the piece of some random dude in Singapore through OpenSea and, and then send it to his Nifty Gateway and then to my Nifty Gateway. And so this friend, I mean, he's a good friend now, but I haven't seen him in like two years. He could have taken you know, the Bitcoin and just run away with it or like 
this other seller could have just, you know, whatever, like, and the level of trust that builds from, from this whole thing, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, same thing with the mat pops, right? Like we have like this piece, God knows how much it's worth. Hopefully it's worth, you know, over like $500,000, but like, I don't have the password to account. Nobody does. It's like sitting with, you know, kind of like a trustee, uh, that we just, you know, we draw it to the blockchain uh, and that's it. Uh, so yeah, you're right. There's a lot of, it's funny. There's a lot of trust in trustless, and, but I really like it. I enjoy it again, you know, being in the regular finance world and coming from a definitely not a finance background um, or not even just, you know, being from around this area, which like half the people that are in finance are from like Long Island and Connecticut. Um, there's a lot of kind of like measuring your worth given your background and, and in crypto blockchain and NFTs, it's just, you know, not really it. And I, I really like that. Yeah. That's good to hear. I would like to consider myself an honorary, an honorary mad pup. So even if I don't get a title, I'm going to give myself a, a title. You know what? Everybody's a mad pup. Um, sweet. We're all, we're all part of the community. And I think it's, it's also so, great because everybody's cheering for each other, right? Everybody's like, you know, Nevin, like on that auction. Yeah, Nevin. The time I was going against 88, and it was me, Sven, and I think Freeze Frame. We were going at him on three auctions for Esteban Diacono's uh, pieces. And the chat was like lit up with like, you know, gifs of the Avengers versus like Thanos. And don't get me wrong, 88 is, is a great guy. Um, he's bought a lot of pieces of me and, you know, really just a really good guy, obviously a huge benefactor for the artist. He's been a, a light in the space, but you know, when it comes to the auctions and you really want something and he comes in with his like billions of Ethereum, uh, he really does become like Thanos. And so, but again, everybody's cheering for each other. You know, everybody's like hoping that everybody in the room wins and, and, and you don't really find spaces like that uh, in the world. And so it just, just really, really appealing. Just reminded of the Mona Sativa. Did you have any of those like direct uh, like bot battles against like on those additions? Like that was an addition of 69. That was gone in under a second. You had no chance to get those. Have you had any of those like direct experiences? So like all those like that? pieces were gone before I came in, right? My first bot experience was trying to buy Victor Mosquera's drop. And I was like, Colombian really cool art like absolutely you know, mind-blowing and yeah so like i clicked into his limiteds from his previous route that everything connected and yeah it was gone in like half a second and i was like what the heck and i honestly like it turned me off so much i was like yeah this site sucks um and now you know fast forward to what like mid-february we was really getting into it i managed to snipe a uh, super plastic can uh from the drop and obviously they were like, what, like 300, 400 bucks. And five minutes later, they're going for like $5,000, $7,000. And I'm over here thinking, like, yes. Um, I only just sold mine back for like 800 bucks. I think I made $120, which I'm going to pay like, you know, $40 of taxes on. Um, I was so excited. I ended up buying a stupid super plastic figurine, um, like a physical one. And I'm looking at it right there. It's like the box in my closet is this big my wife was like you know we live in small new york city apartment like what are we gonna do where are we gonna put this so yeah that was my only bot victory um and i don't miss those days i remember just seeing the frustration um never really wanted those bot pieces it was just a matter of like i gotta win this yeah yeah and, and the drawings are a nice little way to kind of keep them relatively random in, in, in all those little tweets they're doing too 
those are bananas. That's when you knew they were onto something though. It was like, fuck, how, how has this gone so fast? Uh, well, it was 69 cents from Monasativa. <laughs> I, I know. Even last stand at 40 bucks. Yeah. Or, you know, you know, it was a load of strain. It was 600 bucks. Like, it's just, yeah, man. I wish I was like two weeks earlier to the space. Hindsight. Yeah. Hindsight, Hindsight 2020, always. It's happy to be here now, though. I was going to say how good Nifty Club's been for the past few weeks. Because last time I was on this podcast, you guys asked me about Nifty Club. And I was vouching for general more than Nifty Club because Nifty Club was so quiet at the time. Like, I'd go into Nifty Club, write something. I go back three hours later and I could be the last message message still. It's not like that anymore. Now Nifty Club's the place to be. Everyone, we have a little community going. It's awesome. That's where I found out about Faces Dow going on. <laughs> general, general's rough, especially since Eminem was announced. I don't know if you've seen the crowd in there. It's a little young, immature, I would say. A lot of poop and pee jokes. <laughs> Every time I go in there, poop, poop, pee, pee. But yeah, I just want to give a shout out to Nifty Club because those guys are legit redeem themselves nice yeah it's yeah, been team. it's been funny to watch kind of like the mood swings of nifty club yeah. um, general is just an absolute cesspool and i'm sorry for anybody that is there <laughs> i do appreciate the artists that come in and it's like they just come in and it like shit rains on them from every single direction it really does and are I was you talking is that eminem it's Eminem here and Abel here. I heard the weekend was here. Um, it's just kind of sad. It's funny because the Eminem drop, I think we're all expecting it to bomb and not really bring money to the platform, you know, given the the way previous musician drops have done, but it's actually holding up pretty well. Yeah, it shows that we I, know. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, a lot of this like lower dollar buys that are happening on the platform is a lot of that that money that he his drop brought in. Could the art been a little better? Yeah, you know, but um, at least it wasn't like Grimes that charged seventy five hundred dollars. I know. Imagine that now. No, I mean it would it would sell one piece if that. You know. Speaking and of, did you see the open edition that sold one? It became a one of one because only yes, one person bought it. Yes, yes, I did, and I tweeted about it, and I think that was part of like the things that triggered the kind of like call to arms because it's yeah. obvious the market's not you know, not taking the supply anymore. And, 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 you know, we all voiced our opinions, but let's face it, right? Collectors also just kept buying. And so, hey, if I'm nifty and you guys want to buy what I have to sell, why will I stop? So it wasn't until the market said, actually, I don't want to buy it anymore that we're trying to find this this new balance somewhere. And so, yeah, that, that you know, 101 OE, it just tells you that there's something that is that is wrong. And you feel bad for the you know, for the creators, for the artists, because in a way they also come in with the expectation of like, oh, people are printing, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and they, you know, they end up not getting paid what they expected. Everybody, I think the, I think bubbles really just mess everybody's picture up. They completely misalign expectations and, and they, they leave some lasting damage. So just happy we're rounding the corner, both as platform and, and as collectors. And it's obviously been a lot of really quality drops lately and more so coming up. So I think, I think you know all those things together are, are really gonna make for a real nice summer of NFTs. That's where yeah, yeah, the somewhere would be the turnaround time. I'm just distracting myself. Someone sold a Bitcoin angel for eight eight grand. Uh, oh, it was like number to, forty, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to track it, and they did garbage man who bought it. He's got like twenty of them. 
So I'm just wondering, like, is he playing the odds? Is he just trying to collect certain numbers? I think so people are really spread. into the Trevor Jones cult. I mean, Trevor Jones has done a great job of building a community yeah. slash cult around him and his art. And don't get me wrong, his art's amazing, right? Yeah. But you jump into his Discord channel and it's like Waco on Discord. Like people- <laughs> For real. Just drinking the Kool-Aid. Which is great, don't get me wrong. But um, no, Bitcoin and Joel is a piece that has what, 4,000 mints. It mm-hmm. was $777 at, at drop. Um, mm-hmm. it's really hold, held its value well. The problem is that it went up to like $5,000. And so now people see it at $2,000. Like, oh my God, what's happening? Yeah. Like, oh, I mean, you're still, if you held, like you're still up 3X, but everybody marks to market to the highs, which is just not, not the way you go about things. And if you sell, they mark to market to where they sold. So there's, you know, I think educating people as to how these things work and don't work. Um, will really go a long way also helping kind of like the collector psychology or the flipper psychology. And, and you know, there's definitely f- different types of player in the space. I was actually very lucky the other day to have an opportunity to uh, chat with PAC um, over DMs. We were actually discussing some of the recent well-known issues with drops and volumes and valuations and stuff. And, and you know, obviously his, his drop with all the things that he put out, you know, because kind of like, you have to be super smart to understand what he was trying to say. Um, and he explained to me that those four NFTs that he, he gave out to um, the hunter, um, the, I guess the influencer. Builder. Yeah. Uh, no, the builders were like a set of 30 that went All to right. like OGs. Oracle. This one, the, yeah, the yeah. Oracle, the, the influencer, the seeker. Um, those were what he sees as the four types of collectors that he wants to encourage be part of the of the ecosystem he obviously really doesn't like flippers and that blew my mind i was like wow okay yeah thank you for explaining it because it completely gone over my head but yeah you know every single creator is trying to hopefully give us a little bit of themselves through their pieces and and those that do the better job like trevor jones and pack and really building kind of like a mystique around it um i think you know their work will continue to do well. And then there's the other ones like, like Blau and, and Slime who really like, you know, kind of just more like a let's go attitude and hey, how can we keep this party going? And it's funny because, you know, obviously Faces, for example, right? It went $333 a drop, rallied all the way to what, like 1200 bucks the night that Faces burn was announced. And then it kind of crashed all the way down and like the first big drawdown it traded. I remember because it traded for under 330 and I was like, uh-oh. And then it rallied all the way again to like a thousand or like 1200 bucks. Uh, and it's now down back to like 380, 400 bucks. And so it's been a wild, wild ride. But you really see faces, holders, and just like SS, I guess, X3 Lao community, like just they really believe in the project and they really, they really bought into the thing. Um, I mean, I myself hold, you know, a handful of actually, there, my wife now holds the faces. Uh, and I, but I have flow, I have flux, I have glass. And so, yeah, you believe in the project, but that energy that they bring to the table and, and what they're doing, you know, for their current holders with like the whole redemptions and just bonus NFTs. I don't know. I think that's, what's really great about the space. Yeah, back to what you were saying about PAC. Did he mention anything about ashes? Um, that sounds like an amazing project there. Cause it almost seems like it's something that the platforms themselves should have designed in a way to where anything you have on our platform, if you want to burn it, 
to receive, you know, some sort of token that you can then use again on the platform, it would have been a perfect setup. But uh, now you got to buy them from PAC. Yeah. Um, so we did talk about Ash um, a little bit. It's funny because it's not really something that interests me that much. Personally, I am not a big believer in like burning art, especially not like getting bailed out by burns. Like, oh, I bought this by mistake. Like, I really just want to like burn it and get something. I am a fair believer in people just kind of like, you know, kind of living with their mistakes and learning from the consequences. Having said that, I agree with you. I think, you know, it's very revolutionary, uh, especially coming from a creator and, and one that had such a big, you know, has such a big like name and, and, and carries so much of the space. I think for me, the impression that I got from my conversation is that he's still kind of, or they still are kind of gauging how to best go about this. Because obviously, you know, we did talk about, for example, different valuation, the cubes, like the single cube versus like the multiple cubes and, and what kind of message he was trying to send with that. Obviously, you know, the market value is a cube higher than like a five cube and doesn't really make sense if you think about just traditional ways, right? You have five cubes and you have one cube, the, cube, the one cube is worth 1300 bucks. The five cubes should be at least worth what? It's like 6,500 bucks, right? And they're trading for like 4,000. But he also explained, he's like, well, at the end of the day, you also just have one NFT and one NFT. Um, so his whole way of thinking about value is really interesting. And it was the same thing as with this title collection. I wasn't around for the drop, but I, I hold uh, the cheap now. And, and it's literally the exact same animation as the flipper and as some of the other like more expensive pieces and, and, and the NFT links to the exact same file, but they trade at different prices. So, I mean, it's just crazy that, you know, how we as collectors or just the market overall, whatever you want to call it, assign different values to what's pretty much the exact same thing. Um, so yeah, going back to the original thing on, on burn and ashes, I, I, I think it'll be very interesting to see what the initial reaction is and how that shifts over time. And I think that's what he's really trying to get, like for it to not just be like an incinerary where you take, you know, your whatever NFT and you get 10 ash in return and that stays the same way. No, I think it's part of his performance piece. The fact that, you know, and he was telling me, he's like, well, eight cubes are like what, 5,000 of them, five cubes have a lot less than that. At some point, the single cube, if people do burn most of them, could become rarer than the five cube. And then how do you value that? Um, so yeah, I have not discovered the kind of drugs that will allow me to reach that level of mindset. But if anybody out there has, please, G-Monk right into my DMs. Oh, G-Monk might. Yeah, G-Monk. G-Monk has the drugs for sure. We definitely don't because if you heard what, uh, our lost tapes of talking about that drop because we were, uh, I bought it cheap. I sold it for like face value not too long after. And um, like, dude, had no idea. What, like, what the fuck? We're just going to get the same piece over and over? Uh, it was baffling and I just couldn't grasp it. Um, but a lot of people did and he's obviously super successful with what he's doing. It's just cool. What, so what did you end up with a five and a one or, um, so I ended up buying, uh, three ones and one ten. Okay. And, uh, I was going to buy four ones, 
but I had a meeting at work. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, I was like the head of markets. Uh, I worked for a bank and he was like, yo, let's go. And I'm like trying to find the cues. How do you explain? They already know I'm obsessed with NFTs because I don't okay. talk about anything else. How do you explain you're like late to the meeting because you're really trying to like kind of just figure out this pack situation? Um, <laughs> yeah, one o'clock on a Wednesday. Yeah, exactly. So, and then I traded my way to a five cubes or two five cubes, I think I have now. And I have no single, I sold all my single cubes. Um, and um, yeah, if I get any more cubes, it'll probably be the higher units. But again, I might be totally wrong. And then, you know, the A cube might be worth exactly as like, thank you. Um, but for me, it's like I, it's pieces that I'm gonna hold, pieces I'm gonna display. So yeah, I'd rather have the the 10 cubes and the five cubes than the, the one cube personally. Yeah, for, personally for me, I probably won't use the burn mechanism and, and get ash, but I like the idea of other people being able to increase the scarcity of something that I already own. And I think we were talking to board Elon Musk actually. And he was saying like, after a couple of years, you know, the, these markets are going to be flooded with so much art that at some point there needs to be some kind of cleanup mechanism. And this seems like a kind of way to do that cleanup of just clearing out some of the space in the marketplace, just to, Feel like you can breathe you know i mean it already feels like there's a lot on nifty gateway to sift through and if we're making it more scarce i'm all for that yeah i mean yes and no right because like the nfts are going to be whitelisted so it's not like every single nft is going to get you something that will actually be enough value to exchange it for something else um i i, I do think that you know people should not be expecting like bailouts Right, like, yeah, it's good to have a mechanism, but at the same time, uh, you know, just like buying something and hoping somebody bails you out, it's kind of like the way we've gone about the stock market. <laughs> and I, uh, with the That's Fed true. and everything. They should know they're taking a loss with this. It's either you sell it at a loss on Nifty or you get ashes for it. And that's not gonna be worth what you think, you know, your NFT is worth, but- For sure, for sure, for sure. And I think, you know, people should really live with the, with the consequence. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting old and I'm starting to sound like an old dude that's like, oh, well, you know, you make a mistake. You got to live through it. I, I don't know. I'm turning 35 on Wednesday. So maybe that's what's happening. Uh, but, you know, I, I think just thinking outside the box, which is what packed us all the time and really trying to show different ways of looking at the same thing. Um, it really gets people thinking and, 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 and I'm all for that. Like really people having this, you know, like, where all four of us can have very different perspectives as to what a five cube should be worth and a one cube should be worth. And, and that's what makes this place so much fun. Um, you know, it's, it's not like, there's no uniformity of thought. Um, and and, and I, I, I personally really like thrive in those environments because I'm kind of like a student of human nature. So, and I love to just see fear and greed, uh, lust, um, I love to see how, how like just the purest of, of human nature kind of like drives people's emotions. And we, you know, we cover it up and we put masks on and, and, and we call them by different names. But at the end of the day, it's just that. It's just raw, unfiltered human nature um, in nifties. Like any other platforms? Do I collect other platforms? I mean, I use OpenSea when I buy stuff that, you know, is on there. I've used Rarible. Um, for a few things and it's variable gives you like their token as a reward for like transacting on there. Yeah. So that's been nice to just get, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I love getting free stuff. Who doesn't? 
Um, so I've bought some stuff on there and I've sold some stuff on there and that's given me a little bit of, of money. I just usually like whatever money I make from it, I just put it back into the ecosystem. I use Maker's Place a few times. I've bought a couple of pieces there and uh, I bought a NES graphics piece there, Fiat. Um, I think NES is just, you know, a true, true future blue chip. Um, and you can quote me on that. The quality of his work is just unreal. And I think a lot of people don't know him yet on Nifty Gateway because he's only had one drop and it was part of the AVV gallery drop. But if you see that piece, um, it's called Homebase and you know it dropped for like 1500. I didn't win the drawing and I, I literally just like sold a lot of things at a loss. Again, I don't think they're coming back. So I was like, I'm just gonna put it into this. I had seen his work on Maker's Place because 888 had been collecting it. And the work is just captivating. You you see it and you're like, damn. I mean, at least to me, right? I, I just love the way it looks. So I bought Homebase. And then, I mean, the thing has been like nine, $10,000 floor, like very, very stable. And for a drawing piece with 50 mints, that, that is something you don't really see anymore on on Nifty Gateway. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I, that I have it. I'm happy I have Fiat. And I'm really looking forward to this next drop, which I think it's May 10th coming up. Um, so that's my experience with Maker's Place. And I also have something on foundation that I got. We had a um, underground auction. I was like at three in the morning on like a Saturday night in Discord. And uh, Ted Chin, Ted's Little Dream and the Bass Jackers, um, you know, we bid on a custom or like you know, to be defined later um, one of one. And I won that auction. So we paired one of Ted's, um, you know, Ted's a Photoshop artist. He's a Photoshop cover artist of, of the year. He had this tiger over clouds. I really like tigers. Uh, so he did that with some animation and then he had bass jackers at a beat. Um, so that's on, on foundation. Yeah, I was asking because it seems like platform to platform, you can almost find those different little, they almost have their own personality. And it's interesting to bounce around and kind of see where you can uh, you know, get a pulse of the communities and stuff. But I remember when Mike told us that Nifty Gateway was going to be the most commercialized one, where they'd be the most mainstream one. And he's definitely right. And, um, you know, I think it's interesting to kind of see the human nature of it too. Like you said, it's a, something people can't really measure. And, you know, this is stuff people haven't done before. And, you know, you can only do it you know, the first time once. It's fun to be in pretty much what I'm saying. Yeah, and I think Nifty Gateway has the best secondary market. I mean, there's some others, like the other platforms, it's hard to find anything. I mean, if people complain about Nifty Gateway, they should go try to resell something on Maker's Place. impossible. Uh, it is impossible. For, like, people to see it. Even to see, like, you know, something has like 10 editions, you don't even know what like has a bid on. It's it's really complicated. So yeah, for all its faults, uh, Nifty Gateway really is, is the best of, of the pack and you know, hopefully it stays that way because that's where the majority of my collection is. And, and you see pieces on Nifty Gateway definitely, uh, you know, the less limited things trade at a premium uh, on that platform versus others. And I think it is because of that, the ease of access and also just the fact that people can use credit cards. What do you think about the possibility of having to use or having to own multiple NFTs for a bigger artist like people? Some people are saying maybe five or more for a, a people and then one like they've been doing for everything else i hope that it's 120 for people yeah, <laughs> at least at least 25 um no i think it's great 
I mean, you know, obviously the demand is there. Um, and obviously there's been abuse of the system by people with multiple accounts and bots. So having a way to try to moderate that is good. It's a topic that comes up often. I think, you know, the one NFT minimum requirement at least makes people buy into the ecosystem. Um, but we definitely probably need more for the higher artists. Um, and there's pieces cheap enough on there that if you want to collect and they shouldn't really stop you from collecting. There's also kind of like the question of access. Okay, well, like, you know, if I need 10 pieces for a drop, that, that can be, you know, a couple grand. Um, so it's really about finding the balance. Having said that, obviously rewarding collectors is kind of like a big ask of the community. So I, I do hope that, you know, for, for drops like that, I know, you know, I, I kind of have facilitated some collaboration with artists as far as just like feedback on drop mechanisms and pricing and stuff like that. And I do know that, you know, a few drops coming up will have mechanisms where only if you hold a piece from, from them, uh, will you be able to qualify for like the open edition of the drawings. And, and, and again, going back to finding rewards without, you know, asking for burns or like burn this, burn that, uh, doing stuff like that is, is just, really easy and, and it really does reward collectors yeah they just they just um got that up and running didn't they the um that mechanism the one nifty to, yeah i think last the week one nifty and the specific one like you have to own like a specific artist piece to have access to like enter a drawing i think malavita did it and, and that was the first one oh yeah where you right. had to have an activated piece and uh they were able to map it back so it sounds like they're getting there probably still yeah, I think some bugs Buckrender's got that for his his drop coming up for the his open edition. You have to have a piece from him to get into that, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right for the for the OE. Um, and I know others coming down the pipeline are also thinking of that. Again, it's a good way to reward holders. Penalizes latecomers a little bit. Yes and no. It's just just finding the right balance. Um, you know, Fuckrender does have his collaboration with Zed, and it that piece what I validate is like seven hundred, eight hundred dollars. So it's not that high of a barrier to entry for people who want to collect. It also like, limits OE supply, which is very necessary in, in, in this environment. So yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, creators have every single right to, to determine what they want their collector base to be. And so I think more and more are opening their eyes to the need to really have a little bit more limited collector base and a little bit more engaged collector base um, and really, I think the problem are, is just the flippers, the people who, I mean, it just, it's mind boggling that people think that, you know, you have 10 minutes to buy this NFT on the site and uh, people buy one or multiples and think they're going to sell for 2X, two minutes later. Like it just, who in their right mind thinks that way? And yeah, there might be like three <laughs> or four dudes out there who like had a business meeting, right? And like they missed the drop. They're like, okay, whatever, I'll pay up for like the piece because I really want to collect it. But when you have a thousand mints, yeah, just like I, it's it's alchemy, and as we know, alchemy does not really exist. Same thing, like, oh yeah, the oh the the, the drop closes and people are listening for two X, and it's not even like the first like mint, it's like mint number 182 out of like 350. Like, and then people are like, oh my god, this artist suck. Like, why did my piece go down? Why did my piece go down? Why could why couldn't I flip it? Why did it go down? Why are you not burning it? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, well, that was the problem. I was like, I had having that mindset. The problem was like, they weren't minting fast enough. 
so that they, the initial market, like secondary market was good. And it was like really good. You're at least doubling your money for certain things. It was the Trevor Jones and the puck. It was that collab. So I had four of those and I was like, all right, well maybe I'll flip two of these and make decent money right now. But they minted so many, they couldn't keep up with it. And it got to the point of like, that's when I hit up Griffin and he got back to me and like apologized, but just going back to that mindset and just realizing that, you know, this isn't, this ain't why you're doing this. So <laughs> probably cut the shit, but um, yeah, it's tough to measure like an artist based off of what their almost stats will tell you. Right. You just kind of know, got to know what they're doing. Yeah. And just the mentality of like, okay, yeah, I will be able to do this when everybody could have bought it five minutes ago. And yeah. just, yeah, you might be able to flip it for profit in like six months, but just the idea that you'll be able to do it the next day or the next hour, like, come on, like, really? Uh, it goes back to a like sense me. of entitlement. Uh, it's like, right. what are you doing for me? And it's it puts the artists in a weird position because they just want to create. You know, it's like not really about yeah. the money. The people that we've talked to, like, they like having fans that love their work more than any of the money. So the entitlement stuff has to stop from the collector's side. We're like, they don't owe you anything. You bought a piece of art from them and that's what you got. And you should like right. it if you bought it. Yeah, if you like it. And if it goes out, like I said, like I have a lot of pieces that are down a lot. But you know what? I like it. I want to one day have kids and like, you know, tell them, hey, look, this is like this. Like, like Mallory, I think you just had him on the podcast, right? Like um, I haven't been able to listen to it, but, you know, his, his, um, uh, storm collection um you know those three cubes and and the way they represent kind of like his grief process around passing of his mother and, he, and him being in quarantine uh while trying to get there it just speaks to kind of like the moment that we lived as humanity right like all of us had you know to experience grief of some kind either you know like a lot of us were lucky that we didn't lose any any anybody but we we all lost something like you know our freedom to go outside we lost ability to see friends to hang out with family um so we all learned something in 2020 and, and i feel like those pieces capture it so well because you're you know kind of just inside that cube um so i love those and they can go to one cent and i will be cool with it because you know i, I didn't buy them to make money i bought them because they really represent a moment in time at least in my personal history um, and, and yeah, one day I'll tell my kids, I'm like, Hey, this three cubes, like, this is what inspired them. And this is an artist's story. And this is how I relate to them back in you know, 2020 and 2021. Um, but yeah, people are like, yeah, burn them. And like, not even like thinking like, dude, this is about his mom dying. Like yeah. chill, like have freaking respect, dude. Like at least read up on it. And people read I, up on it. The- That's a huge, just read up on it. You know, when people drop into the fuck render chat, they're like, what's fuck render verse. And it's like, come on. I just Google, like Google. I title I tell you, man, I'm getting old. I'm like, these kids are so entitled. They don't know how good they have it. But yeah, and, and listen, I think at the end of the day, I, I people are, yeah, you can make money in the space and you can collect some really good pieces, but you have to research. And, and it's, it's half the fun, like going out there and like, you know, looking at pieces and like, like I said, with Nest Graphics, right? Like going and, you know, he had no work on Nifty Gateway, but seeing what his stuff was going for in Maker's Place. Right. And so whenever his drop came and, and it came in, in, in like there was 10 other artists that were part of that, of that gallery and people mm-hmm. flocked to some other artists. I was like, yes, bye. 
and not realizing what they were like missing on because they were not doing a little bit of research. And I get it. Not everybody has the time to sit there in front of the computer and reach and, and research every single artist, especially in these days of like 42 drops a day. Um, Dude, seriously. But it's also part of the fun. Like, you know, again, like people are like, well, do one drop every three days. That That's why I have time to like research. Well, no, I'm sorry. That doesn't, it's no longer the case anymore either. Uh, and you might end up with a 101 by buying an OE. Who knows? Um, but it's just aligning expectations. And, and, and really, I think at the end of the day, the biggest message for everybody out there is just buy what you like and yeah. do not put money in there that you can't afford to lose. Uh, because, I, you know, we've had people that you know, really got themselves into a tight spot and, and, and it's just not cool. It's not healthy. Uh, we're trying to build. We're trying to you know, change people's lives. So obviously, the creators um, are pouring their heart out there on these pieces. There's no need to like risk your financial health. Um, if you want to speculate, go buy like dodgy coin or whatever. Uh, this is art and it's for admiring and collecting. Yeah, making a little money here and there. Yes, why not? But it's still art at the end of the day. Yeah, I'm looking at like right now, like there's three drops tonight. This Ruben Wu stuff is so sweet and it's not hidden in here, but like I can't find where the auction is. I just want to see where, what the auction's at. And, I noticed and, that earlier. To speak of flippers, too, it's like these guys got an edition. 140 people entered a drawing of 100 for 100 editions. So you would think that those might hold these. There are people selling them for 650 bucks. So they're happy to clear 100 bucks right now off of these things. I I kind of want one. These things are I, sweet. So I totally missed. I actually wanted the wax one. So I love the titles of the pieces. And there's really low mints, like 10, 11. Yeah, and I, I, I guess that this is good, right? Like you buy this and, and there won't be people that are going to undercut the floor and like leave you feeling like you lost money because you really don't lose money unless you're trying to sell it at those same levels. But it does, it does leave like a sour taste in your mouth when you buy something for 800 bucks and the next day you see it in the market for 400, 400 bucks. Like, yeah, it, would, it messes with your head regardless. But yeah, like this stuff today, I mean, it looks pretty good. Um, and yeah, people who bought are probably collectors that really want to keep it and maybe one or two flippers, whatever, but at least it's not like 300 flippers who think these are like, you know, off white sneakers and are going to be able to like make thousands of dollars of it. So it's, it's healthy. It didn't have to be this way. It didn't have to like, we didn't have to take this path to get here, but here we are. And like I said, I think we're really rounding the corner. So that's good. You think we just ramped up too fast and then we had to correct ourselves a little bit. Like we didn't take so our think- time gradually building. It was a combination of things, right? First of all, it was the stimulus money hit right at that moment. So true. Right. So people get, you know, a couple grand in, the, in their pockets that, and, and it's not like you can go to like, you know, a club and get bottles and models. Like, what are you doing? You're stuck at home. You can't do anything. So what are you going to spend it online? Order another couch or another TV? No. What's hot? And then like CNBC and everything yapping about NFTs, 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 and you find this site and you start seeing, you know, Mona Sativa, that was 69 cents going for 20K. You're like, hmm, why not? <laughs> and then you start seeing that, you know, big names are coming, Grimes and this guy and like this other guy. And you're like, okay, well, I'm going to ape in. And so it was just that. It was just a wall of money um, chasing these things. And, and it's like any bubble, any speculative bubble. At the minute, the music stopped and people had to pay their credit cards. And everybody, like I said, everybody <laughs> over. If it, if it just been, hey, you can only put in like cash that you have in your checking account, we wouldn't have had the bubble. So true. But it was like, 
okay, I have $25,000 credit limit on my Chase card. Let's go. I'll be able to and, pay it off. It, no problem. Because yeah. Everything's going up. And yeah. I'll sell two and keep 10 for free. Yep. And yeah, no, here we are. But again, I think people are still burnt and you see the drops today and you see the minutes and you're like, shit, like people are really sitting it out, which is, which is good. And then the artists that, like, thank you, X, right? Like Ryan, his drop was phenomenal. And his art High quality. so cool. High quality. Oh my God. Minted good numbers. The prices are holding up. So yeah, the, the market really is correct in itself. And, and you know, I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped. We have Fuck Render. We have People. We have Nest Graphics. We have Hakatao coming May 14. Uh, I'm sure. I'm Slime and Playboy. May yes. 4th. May 4th. That's right. Um, so it's just so much quality coming down the pipeline. And then you'll have, you know, kind of like the rising stars that people will probably miss because they don't do research and then, you know, people will get lucky. So it's good. It's better than having like, no disrespect to certain like brands, but that just like dumped NFTs on us like twice in two months. And just kind of like, I call it like a one night stand with the NFT community. And it's great when you're the one that leaves happy. But in this case, the collectors were not the ones who, who were left happy. I mean, they didn't even pay for our Uber home. Like, come on, man. <laughs> the best way to put it so besides ness is there anyone else you have your eye on for the listeners out there but then are they gonna like over mint my oes can i just tell you after the fact (laughs) here's a secret we don't have that many listeners (laughs) (laughs) okay fair enough uh it's funny because i can't sometimes it's, it's funny right because I, I don't consider myself anything other than just a regular guy but i i'll like comment something on the chat and then i'll see the, like things trade and i'm like no, no 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 don't go buy it like just it's just an opinion it cannot work but uh that's what i have on my, ra- on my radar we'll also have jay and silva uh has a collaboration this week as well I'm obviously DJ Premier. yes and latino so you know i'm huge wow. into supporting Latin artists. Um, uh, so that one coming up. And let's see what else is coming up. I mean, I don't know much that's coming up. Um, it's a pretty that, big week. Yeah, it's a I week. Let, see, let me look at the calendar. I honestly, I don't know a lot of the names. You know, obviously, Fuck Render, as you all know, a you know, huge, huge fan. Belbo, uh, Argentinian artist. Um, he snuck him in. They snuck him in on an afternoon. Yeah. Uh, his work is great and i think this one's like western theme yeah not really my style and i have support in the past um so obviously you know not everybody's made up of money like 88 so you gotta pick your you gotta pick pick your battles um but and i'm really like you know just saving up for ness and hakatao um they're the ones that i'm really really pumped about and dude Tyler, all you had to do is read his his hoodie. Oh, oh yeah, the hoodie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the simple. It's the simplest way to answer it. That picture is so funny chips. because the funniest part of that picture of you on the court, and it's funny. I think it's it's just funny that the fact that I think it, that I know you did this and think it's funny is is Kyrie giving it's like little Dirk uh, his jersey and dapping him up right over your shoulder, and I'm just like what planet am i on why like what? <laughs> this dude just posted up with the with the blue chip artist on his hoodie yeah no and it's funny because you know i feel bad because obviously there's like so many good artists and and you can make a case for like i guess 
Slime Sunday should be on it and like Trevor Jones should be on it. And, and so that morning that I ordered the hoodie, it was like two days before the game when I was just like half asleep, custom bank, they'll come like made it like first five names that came to mind that I, I, I looked up like, you know, league tables for like sales and just threw on there. And I was like, okay, so we're working on something. We're working on something that will incorporate, you know, uh, uh, about 10 more artists that um, are really should be, um, should be on, on the blue chip hoodie. And uh, yeah, there's some other stuff the community is working on around that, that I'm just like, happy to have, to be a part of. That's awesome. And we saw you at the, the net Celtics game. Yeah. So one of the perks from work is that I, you know, get to decline to the suite or the floor tickets. Um, so why not? Can't beat it. Well, I think Naples got to leave. So yeah, maybe we'll just... you guys can keep going. What's up yeah. to you guys? I right, dude, nice off. meeting you. You too. I'll see you in Nifty Club. Sounds good. <laughs> Hopefully we Back win the, the raffle. Let's win that raffle. I really hope we win that raffle. Yeah, I need, I need a win. I need a win, man. And oh, honestly, like I love, I love Slimes and, and, and Justin's work. I mean, I think out of all the collaborations out there is one of the most cohesive ones. And I, you know, just kind of like super cool to have, you know, such a talented DJ and such a talented like visual artists come together and, 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 build such good stuff over and over again. Cause it's like, you know, you see their drops and they're different every time, but at the same time, you know, you know, it's them. Um, so I, I don't know. I really hope we win this one-to-one. If not, I'll just be happy with my faces redemption uh, token that XOR is uh, True. making for all of us. Well, if you guys win, I don't think you'll have the privilege of naming it considering the last one got was named Gunky's Revenge. So Uprising. Uh, uprising. Gunky's Uprising. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, could have been. been Elon Musk's butthole, right? Oh uh, yeah. Magnifty, magnifty face, something like that. Yeah. Magnifty <laughs> magnifty face. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, you gotta go, guys. Let's go. See right. you later. Win that or win the people, either one. All right. Both. See you Bye, in April. April. See ya. What else oh, can man. I answer for you guys? I'm going to have to go uh, dinner with Mr. Gito here in a second as well. Man, uh, this has been awesome, Serge. Like, pff, great to talk to you. You're a, a pillar in the community, um, just a voice for collectors out there, and we appreciate it. And I love the the town halls that you coordinated with Nifty Gateway. I think it's going to be really helpful for um, bringing them up to speed with what the collectors want. So Awesome. Well, thank you so much, guys, for the invite and for the welcome there's such a warm welcome into the community and obviously your podcast. Um, I really appreciate you guys reaching out. It's uh, as you can tell, I can talk about this for like hours. Um, it's just such a, such a, such a cool place, right? It's such a, it's not even like a place, but it is. Um, exactly. So yeah, looking forward to working with everybody, make sure that we continue growing together. Yeah. We'll be in touch. Oh, yeah, get, uh, get back to the, the baby punk. I'm, I'm sure she's crying. So. <laughs> All right, guys, <laughs> have a great night. Yep. Happy birthday on Wednesday. Thank you. Bye, guys. Damn, that's nifty.